All topics covered here are for conversational purposes only and do not constitute financial advice. Please contact Mulcane Co. to receive advice on all matters from one of our professionals. Welcome to episode five of the FS360 podcast. You're welcomed here by hosts Gavin Nash and Chris Mulcahy. Welcome, Chris. G'day, Gav. How are you going? Not too bad. We're here again. Yep, number five. We're on a roll, officially. Five episodes. We're just we're doing it weekly at the moment, which is pretty good. Well, I think we've got to keep that up, haven't we? Well, the feedback, and I know carry on about it, but we've even had some phone calls. I had a phone call this week from someone that said they're listening to it so yeah, every time. Stuff. So that's people going out of their way. So it must be of interest in some way, Chris. Yeah, I must admit, though, the Thursdays do seem to come around pretty quick, don't they? Exactly. Well, we did, yeah, for all the listeners, we do record on a Thursday. Um, but, um, yeah, we sort of talked to each other yesterday and said, what are we going to talk about on the podcast tomorrow? So we've got Catherine Neville joining us from the accounting division here. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you, Gav. So what is your title, just to explain to people um, what you're into here at Mulcahy Uh Yeah, so I am the manager um, in the SMSF um, area in our tax teams. So I oversee um, the self-managed super fund tax returns um, and compliance area for our, t- our self-managed super fund tax returns. Um, also work closely with financial planning in regard to if we, you know, need some help and advice and things, documents done, um, we all work together and to get that done for clients as well. Um, yeah, so that's mainly my role, working closely with, with the tax accountants, um, yeah, to get all that, that done. And so just to give people, uh, the listeners, if they're not sure what a self-managed super fund is, um, when did it come in, the self-managed super funds? It was sort of became law or became available was it six or seven years ago, something like that? As in super so, funds themselves? Yeah, no, no, to become a self-managed, you could do your own self-managed super fund. I reckon it was about the late 80s. Yeah, oh, really? it was. Yeah. <laughs> Early 90s, yeah. yeah. Yep. I'm way off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they've been around for quite oh, some time. Oh, they've been a while. Yeah. So are they more popular now, do you think, or are there um, more people doing it, self-managing their own super rather than leaving it with, say, with an industry fund or whatever? Yeah, Um yeah, well, a lot of people, probably nowadays a lot of people are more interested in it. Um, younger people now are more interested in their super and things like that because you remember back in those early days, SGC wasn't always um, a requirement that had to be paid. Um, those new rules did change. So more people have got more money in super too nowadays, I, I suppose so you, you would say, for a longer time. Yeah. yeah, so people – and younger people are more informed with all this, which is which is fantastic. Um, we've got, you know, websites, everything. There's so much information out there, so there's more out there than actually having to come into see a tax accountant or someone – to get advice in regard to it also. They're, they're looking at things more and absorbing more and, and um, probably, I think that helps. It's interesting, isn't it? It's probably more of a reflection on all of society, isn't it? You know, um, like we work with some medical um, clients where doctors, you, you know, whoever you got referred to, that's just who you went to. But these days people go and do their research. They go, oh, I've got to see an orthopaedic surgeon. I'll go and actually do the mm. research on that. I'm not going to just take the, someone's word for it. So I suppose... Yeah, people are just becoming more knowledgeable these days with the amount of information around yes. and they're not just taking someone's word for it. They're going to go and have a bit of a read-up themselves and become sort of knowledgeable in the area. Yeah, that's correct, yeah. But definitely with things that have happened, um, GFC, um, things like that, when things happen, like when the GFC happened year year later, more people were looking to maybe look at an SFSF because they've got more control, I think, well, they do, over the type of assets they're invested in and things like that, whereas if in an industry fund you put into that big pool and and you do, you can pick your growth areas and that sort of thing, but you don't have that direct 
you know, I can pick EHP to buy or things like that. So that's why an SMSF is very popular in regard to – and you can also invest in direct property as well. So, yep. yeah, a lot of those things, a combination of a lot of things like that. Yeah, no, it's great. And I think even that um, investment in, in property, you know, I know I know myself we've got an SMSF, you know, uh, going and just being able to invest in property or a property or a range of properties that I know that are in my hometown mm. – it sort of made more sense to me than doing it onto the share market, which I didn't know a lot about. So mm-hmm. I suppose it's it's opened up those um, with borrowings in super funds and whatever. It's opened all that to a lot of people, hasn't it? Yes, correct. Yeah, and borrowing hasn't been around forever. Of course, that came in in two thousand and seven. I think it was. That might be what I was thinking about. Yeah, before. Borrowing um, when in super borrowing yeah. for property came yep. came into it came into law. Yeah, for the self managed super fund area only. Of course, as well, you can't do that. Of course, in industry funds. So. Yeah, so that, that was when that came in too. Yeah, look, probably the key thing is, I guess, superannuation includes self-managed super funds, includes industry funds, includes other retail funds. So they're all the same thing, I suppose. They're all vehicles designed to provide for retirement. So it's just a matter of how relevant they are to your particular circumstance. So I think the way that it works here with us in, in terms of having the SMSF team, working alongside the financial planners, working alongside the accountants and if loans are needed and all that type of thing, we can come up with the ideal result or at least go through the information that's relevant for each particular circumstances. And it just then fits into our FS360 model and there's so many areas that superannuation fits into within what we work through there, whether it's through the taxation planning, whether it's um, through retirement planning, whether it's through the investment side of things. So I guess that's the important thing, just get, I guess, an understanding of where superannuation fits in and then determine which is the right vehicle to use. I suppose that's the bit that some people can get, bit, get scared by because they're like, oh, I've, you know, I've got to talk to my accountant then I've got to go and talk to my financial planner. I suppose that the way that, you know, we're set up here at Mulcanco is that a lot of that is under the one roof so we can sort of physically get up from your desk and go and talk to a tax accountant about a, an issue with the SMSF or whatever and get on top of things nice and quick. So, yeah, but it all links in. It's really good. Well, we're going to keep keep going with uh, – we're going to talk to Catherine in, in detail in a moment. Um, but welcome, Catherine. And uh, we're going to throw to Chris who's going to give us a coronavirus uh, stimulus packages update. I guess for our five uh, podcasts today, we've just been trying to keep everyone up to date. It's been changing times and challenging times as well. So, look, I guess the main thing, as we touched on last week, were, was that I guess most of the announcements have probably been announced, so it's more about the implementation phase now that we're working through. So we touched on the cash flow boost that was coming through the activity statement system, so the minimum of $20,000 or maximum of $100,000 there for eligible businesses. And then the big one's been the JobKeeper. So uh, I guess the most recent announcement has been that the ATO has announced an extension on the enrolment uh, for the first two JobKeeper payments. So that was due to be uh, enrolment was today, the 30th of April. That's been extended through to the end of uh, May. Now, the reason they've done that is because employers have been trying to catch up paying their employees, okay? So they're eligible for those uh, $1,500 amounts for those first two fortnights. So it's been good that the government have provided more time and enabled businesses to actually uh, have that time to come up with the cash to pay the employees and then get reimbursed through the JobKeeper system. So that's been good because, yeah, there's been some fairly frantic employers or businesses out there just trying to get prepared. A few smaller things, and this is probably more targeted towards the healthcare industry, uh, service entities are included 
is uh, part of the JobKeeper system. So that's more directed at the medical industry, as I said. So that's something that the um, Treasury came out and changed. Also, the turnover test. So what we're starting to see now is that more businesses are probably eligible. So businesses have thought, oh, look, I'm not going to qualify because, look, I haven't had that, you know, direct um, impact from the coronavirus. So, you know, I guess the, you know, your cafes, pubs, accommodation, they were directly impacted. So, you know, a lot of those obviously were closed down for a period of time and they still are closed down. So... And then the other businesses that sort of kept going, and they thought, oh, well, we're still operating. We might be operating at 100%, but we are still operating. We're starting to sort of see their, their turnover amounts are actually decreased enough to access the job keeper. So that's been, I suppose, a positive in one sense. But the important thing to realise is that that reduction doesn't have to be because of the, because of the coronavirus. So if there was another reason that your turnover decreased, you can still be eligible for the job keeper. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of businesses, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of businesses have thought, well, the coronavirus hasn't really impacted what we're doing, um, but our turnover is down. They thought that they weren't eligible, but they are. So that's an important consideration, and the treasury came out this week to make that clear. And the examples they gave with drought and bushfire, obviously things that have occurred over the last, you know, more recent times. So if turnover has decreased for whatever reason. And you can show that uh, you are eligible for the JobKeeper. Yep. So that's probably the main things that have happened. Um, just a bit more clarification around um, sole traders, partnership companies and trusts that actually don't employ, but uh, obviously the owners work within the business. So you can have what you call a, um, eligible business participation entitlement. So that entitles one, I guess, person to claim the JobKeeper. So there's a bit more clarification around that, which is good. So, yeah, so it's sort of been an interesting time. At least now I've got a bit more time to actually enrol, get everything organised to access those first two fortnights of the JobKeeper, so, which has been good. But, yeah, look, it's been a very busy month or so. And, yeah, I can um, imagine. Yeah, you know, we're sort of working through the tax planning aspects of everything as well, leading through to the end of June. So, yeah, no, the team has been flat out, so... I think we're all looking forward to the end of June, which is still some time away. <laughs> and and for the end of coronavirus, wherever that's going to happen. But no, I was talking to one of the team in the kitchen earlier today and they were saying really now is the time we, we're normally doing a, a lot more of the tax planning, but we're trying to balance that and still do that, but do all the coronavirus stuff as well. So it is, you know, if anyone out there is thinking, oh, you know, everyone's um, slowed down at work, I think if you're a tax accountant, it's gone the other way. Yes, so. that's right. Oh, thanks, Chris. Great uh, little update. That's perfect. Um, And that's what we're going to endeavour to do on the podcast, guys, for all our listeners, just to um, update you with some of those things that are purely uh, finance, business and individual related. So that was great. We're going to introduce um, Catherine back to the conversation. We've got a couple of questions for Catherine, which I might um, might throw to Chris to do the first question. Uh, Catherine, to kick things off, we might just get a bit of a general overview on self-managed super funds. I guess a lot of people will have read or heard something about them, but can you just give us a bit of a rundown on how they're typically used, what um, assets they might invest in, the likely size of a self-managed super fund, and also just some other, you know, potential benefits they've got, such as borrowing? Yeah, okay, so there's about, when you look at statistics, there's about 600,000 self-managed super funds, I think there was in March 2019, 
And comparing to industry funds, um, they had about the same time $678 billion in assets. So you can, you can see that um, there is a lot of money out there in self-managed super funds. Um, they're very – sorry, the reason why they're popular um, is a lot of people will say it's control and the type of assets that you can invest in. And that's probably main reasons why people get into a self-managed super fund. Um, so – you can invest, there's there's strict rules around what you can invest in um, and that sort of thing. But the what people do like, and I think we said earlier, um, property is a big one. And also related party property, which is, they call it business real property. So therefore you can get your commercial premises or a farmland, piece of farmland, things like that within your self-managed super fund around all the rules. You can also purchase residential properties there's rules around that, of course. You can't live in it yourself, so it has to be what they call at arm's length. And arm's um, length, is that is that sort of a – it can't be a family member either, can it? That's correct, It's got to yes. kind of be someone that's not related to yeah, you so in, even, in your immediate family. Yeah, so even if you rented it through a real estate agent, you still couldn't have a related party in it. Even if you're, you're at market rates, what they call, because everything when you're renting um, properties – farmland, things like that, it has to be at market rates like per acre and things like that, the rental income. Um, we get valuations done every three years to just to check all that, that we get, uh, you know, getting all that done correctly. Um, but with residential, yes, you can't, it has to be um, a non-related party cannot um, be in the residential property. So, yeah, for that, for that reason, um, it's still popular, but yeah, there is more restrictions around a residential property. But People still do like that because sometimes that's the only time they'll be able to purchase a house or things like that and then it's suitable for them when they do retire and they wind up the fund and things like that. The house yep. can go out to them. And it's popular for some businesses too, isn't it, because you can have you can run your business from the commercial premises or the industrial premises mm. but yeah, or your farm but you can your super fund can own that premises and you're paying that rent. That's correct, yeah. So, so it's beneficial because you're getting the rent into your super fund, mm. so which means more money's going in in that way um, than paying if you were renting um, commercial premises from um, somebody else and that rent's going to, their, to them. So you're able to get contributions plus rent into the super fund, um, which is, yeah, very appealing. So Yeah, so I think from a tax planning point of view, it can certainly encourage, I suppose, more contributions to go in plus the rent, obviously, and then... If there is debt within the fund, so a self-managed super fund can borrow in certain situations. So, in effect, you're really getting money in there as a tax deduction, which is then paying off debt. So, it's a great way to probably pay off debt at a faster rate. So, that's one advantage that we see with a lot of our clients that, mm -hmm. that does seem to work well. So, but look, as always, it's a case-by-case -case basis with these things, and but sometimes it's... It's very, uh, you know, it's it's a tax-driven wealth creation tool in a roundabout way. And sometimes, you know, there's been a lot of talk over, particularly after the Royal Commission and, and so forth, about the role of super and is it a tax tax haven for the wealthy, I suppose, I, yeah, which is one comment I think they were making there at one stage, or is it a tool there to provide for, for retirement? So it's finding that balance, isn't it, really, between... I guess, using superannuation to save tax but create wealth, which then leads to retirement planning. And your sort of financial security, which yeah, is that's what we're right. all about. You know, that's eventual right. financial yeah. security once you... And I suppose for the government, they, they're encouraging it because they want people to be able to fund themselves 
in their retirement. They don't want people relying on a on a age pension or whatever. So that's right. Um, the more people that do it, and that's why there's um, yeah. yeah there's yep. different incentives to make sure it happens. So Catherine, just probably more importantly, this time of year, and as we head into the end of June, and we've we had last week's discussion with Mark Cunningham talking about tax planning. So I guess firstly, probably to get it out of the way before we focus on more the uh, coronavirus side of things and self-managed superannuation, is what, what, what are the key things we should be doing before the end of June? Yeah, so um, at the moment we should be looking at like paying, making sure we've paid all expenses in the year so that you can claim the tax deduction for it. So make sure you, you know, paid your accounting fees and audit fees for last year, all those sort of thing, ASIC fees, any property expenses that you might have had. So it's all all paid and clears out of the bank account before the um, end of end of June. Um, the other things, so then we will be going through our super funds and, and looking at them with tax planning coming up because we work with the tax guys. They always want to know what contributions are being made into the fund so that they're able to give, you know, the right amount to, to contribute into the super. Things like when we've got property, um, we'll look at if it's um, like farmland and things that they've paid up all their rent, those sort of things. So they're the sort of things that we're looking through the funds now at the moment to see what clients have, have done. Um, also in regard to um, the pension drawings, if they've got a pension in the fund, we also check what drawings they've made for the, in regard to the pension. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But the main thing is, is this contributions is a big one. So we will be looking um, at concessional contributions. So there's two types of contributions, it's concessional and non-concessional. So the concessional contributions, we'll see what's come in. Um, from there, they, which are employer contributions or personal contributions that they make, that they make, and they can claim a tax deduction themselves on for concessional. Um, so this year, we've also got a new thing that's come in. The tax officer brought in regard to this is the first year we can start catch up contributions. So um, they brought that in, um, and if you haven't made your full twenty five thousand dollar concessional contribution in the nineteen financial year. This year, if there's a gap, we can make it up this year and start. And it's for five years. So you use it or you lose it. So, and is, Catherine, has that been introduced because of coronavirus or do you um, think that that was going no, to come anyway? No, that had come in um, anyway. And there also is a stipulation you have to have a total super balance of $500,000 or less to be able to be eligible to do that catch up as well. So they're really trying to get those people with lower amount of super just get you know, yeah do they're what trying they can to get it yeah to, to, be to boost a it up amount. a bit yep. yeah that's correct. Um, so in regard to that your total super balance if you're looking at it just remember your total super balance is if you've got pension money or accumulation money where it's not in pension that that forms part of your total total super balance and and that balance gets gets looked at at the end of each financial year. So it's not you know, through the year it goes up to 500, no. Like they'll be going, okay, so what was your total super balance at the 30th of June 2019? 500 or under, you'll be eligible to make that even if during the year it went up a little bit over or down, but it's, it's based on that 30th of June figure member balance. So they're the sort of things that we'll be looking at. Mark spoke a little bit, you know, last week in regard to um, if people got extra cash out there, we, you know, might be able to get it into super as well. Um, those sort of things, um, share transfers, we can do off-market share transfers, contribution. So all those sort of things. But the main thing is that we're 
in communication with our clients so that if they've got any of these things they might think might be suitable, that we can, they can get some more money in, just contact us and that's and we'll be in contact with them with if they're we're doing tax planning for them as well. And the contribution limits this year are the same as last year? Yeah, so concessional's 25000 but we can do that catch-up. And then for the non-concessional, it's $100,000, up to three hundred over three years. But that also, the rules that came in from the 1st of July 2017, your total super balance, once it's over $1.4 million, your, your eligibility to get that three hundred is knocked down. And then once you go over your $1.6 million in, in total super balance, you cannot make any non-concessional contributions anymore. One, one thing Mark touched on last week was in relation to maybe outside super, like there might be some listed shares uh, in personal names or in a trust or something like that that mm. ideally would be better off in a superannuation fund. So mm. Mark touched on that it might be an opportunity given the decrease in value of shares that the shares are transferred into uh, the super fund this year. So is that form part of the contribution limits when that happens? Yeah, that's correct. Um, it does form part of your contribution limits. So so you will be, you know, capped at how much you can get in under those caps. Um, but yeah, as Mark said, great time with the share market's down. We're hoping that the share market will be going up again. So it's a great time when they're down a bit to get them in because, you know, we're all pretty sure um, that they're going to go up again. So um, yeah, no, that's correct, Chris, yeah. Yeah. Can the superannuation fund buy them off the person as well yeah. as transfer them in as, as a contribution? Correct. So you can either purchase them from, from yourself at, at the market price or you can what's called an in-specie transfer and then we treat it as a contribution. So no cash changes hands from the, the buyer and the seller um, but the asset just goes across and then would be purchased and changed name to be held in the name of the self-managed super fund and the other side of it is the contribution for the members. Now, we must highlight at this point that this is not financial planning advice. This is very general. Don't rush out and do anything without speaking to the financial planners particularly and to Catherine. So, yeah, this is just very general advice. So, yeah, by all means, listen to it and get some ideas, but don't rush out and do anything without talking to the relevant qualified people. Correct. Um, so, I guess probably the big thing with the coronavirus that we've heard in the news is self-managed super funds, which quite often own rental properties, whether that's commercial, um, industrial, farmland, even residential, and there's probably been a bit of an impact on rents. So how is that going to impact funds from an accounting and tax perspective? Well, um, yeah, so in regard to all that, um, the self-managed super fund is able to um, defer, um, waiver or reduce their rent they may be receiving um, on commercial properties in regard to either um, a tenant or a related party tenant, they can. Um, it has to be documented. There has to be – all the compliance work has to be done with it. There's got to be minutes. There could be changes to the lease agreement. All that has to be put in place because there's, as you know, every year when you've got a self-managed super fund, it has to be audited. The auditors will be asking for all this information um, and they will want to see that that's all in place before – anything happens with changes. Um, that'll be the same with anything to do with um, loans and things like that as well. The Prime Minister comes out and says, you know, negotiate with your landlord. If your landlord happens to be a self-managed super fund, 
it's just got to be uh, in writing probably, um, maybe email communication back and forth or minutes in, in your meetings rather than just a handshake or over a cup of tea, yeah, we'll just reduce your rent. Yeah, that's correct. It's got to be documented. With sovereign super funds, when you've got one, you'll see how many minutes and things get done each year. You definitely have to have a minute and those sort of things in place. It just can't be even an email. You still have to document and the, the trustees have to sign off it and so we'll have to so will the, um, the tenant as well. And then they could be the same people, of course. If it's a farmland, for instance, they go, well, we're renting it from ourselves, so why do we need to do all this? You still have to have it in place even when it's the same parties dealing with each other. Yeah, because a lot of our clients will own freehold property. That's probably how the superannuation fund got going at the beginning, that mm-hmm. they either transferred their own existing workplace or bought a workplace in the super fund. So... Yeah, it will be the same person, so they'll be having a chat amongst themselves. Mm. But they've still got to have that same or that that documentation in place. Otherwise, we do run the risk that yeah, the auditor comes along and says, "Look, you know, yep, we understand what you've done, but you haven't done it properly." So it's just always, I guess, pays to do that information when you should do it, rather than trying to backtrack and do it when the auditor says you need to do it. So I think we'll be encouraging that that happens. In a timely fashion, Catherine? Yeah, definitely. And look, if, if anyone that's in this situation, just please contact us That's and we can start getting everything in, in place. Now, the common question is that we probably get quite a bit is, can I buy a beach house in a self-managed super fund? <laughs> Comes up probably at least once every month or two, depending on the time of year, I guess. I don't think that's on our running sheet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just keep going with it. <laughs> well, the answer it must no. be one that you get asked a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, it does yeah. come up a bit. That's where you've got to be very clear on why you're using superannuation. Yeah. Well, yep. you can. You just can't. You just can't use it. it yourself or yeah. use it yourself. Yeah. So you can rent that's it correct. at market rent to someone yep. that, yeah. that's not related to you and family. Um, so you can still own a property at the beach or yes. snow or whatever. But, yeah, you just can't. You've got to follow the rules. Yes. Now we've got to meet what's called the sole purpose test. You hear people talk about the sole purpose test within a self-managed super fund. You, what is the purpose? purpose for your self-management fund is for retirement. It's not to get access to anything that you can right this then and now moment. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, so and I think any super fund or any any of your superannuation, that should be your long-term goal is I can't touch this money until the day mm. that I retire. Yeah. So really you're looking at realising that investment then, not now. And yeah. nowhere, nowhere between if you're 35, you're looking at at least 20 years before you're going to realise that investment. So that's important to – know that in, you know going in Catherine another one that uh, a few people are asking is the government's allowed in the coronavirus situation we're in to get access to two ten thousand dollar amounts from your super so that's this one this financial year one next is that a possibility in a self-managed super fund Yes, it is, Gav. Um, so the government has come out and said, yes, you can for a self-managed super fund um, to apply for that. Um, you have to go onto the MyGov, your MyGov um, account and apply that way. For the same for if you had an industry fund, a retail fund, it's the same for a self-managed super fund. So you would go on, you apply and they will ask you the questions whether you're eligible to, to access that early release amount um, and then... They will give you a notification through your MyGov account to say, yes, you can access that money and take that money out. Then you would give that, well, even it was, would be yourself to your self-managed super fund um, to, to release that money. Now, we will make sure that clients are not taking it out before the date of that, you know, they'll make sure they're getting all that in place because that will be another thing that order are looking at that they did have that notification 
um, and they just don't go, well, I'll just take it out because it's my money anyway. I'll just do and I can, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, that's where we really, you know, want clients to, to make sure that they are getting that notification through their MyGov account that they can access that money. So, yeah, so you can get one chance at it before the 30th of June up to $10,000. So if you're thinking you might only need five or even close to the 10, maybe if you want to take the 10, you can um, because you only get one go at it in each time and then in, in next financial year they're going to let you access another 10000 So, yeah, so you, but each time you've got to definitely go through – for each time you want to apply, you've got to go through the MyGov account yep. to get it. We don't like touching super unless we really, really have to. Yeah, that's been We know the, how hard it is to get back. Yeah, that's There's, been the yeah. real – that's been the – it's probably – it was on the radio yesterday I listened to it on the mm-hmm. ABC and they were talking about saying – some people think it's the biggest mistake from the that the government made mm. so far in the mm. coronavirus is to let the ten thousand dollars access. But I mean, they don't do it for no reason. They've got some no. st- stats and data behind that. I suppose. Exactly. And look, I've seen some data around it. All of if, if you're thirty five and you're taking out ten thousand dollars, it's going to affect your retirement amount by it was over thirty thousand dollars. Like that, you would have less at retirement. So there is cases they will have to do it. Um, but it's probably more the industry funds though too. And some young people might not have a lot of money in super. That's the other thing. And the other thing you've got to think about is your cash liquidity within the fund. You've still got to have enough money in there for running costs and things like that. And the really important one is insurance. So if you've got life insurance premiums coming out, you want to make sure you've left enough cash in there to cover those as well. Because we don't want clients, you know, go and then... They've got to sell down assets to get cash if they've got shares, the share market's down. So it just has a big rolling on effect sometimes. So just, yeah, they just need to be aware of how much cash they've actually got in in, in liquidity just sitting there too. So, that so I suppose it's a costs. last resort basically, isn't yeah, it? With all yeah. these other incentives going on at the moment, I suppose mm-hmm. the idea is to explore them first and think about the super one maybe that's, last. That's correct. Also with the coronavirus, they've come out and said that um, the reduction in pensions... Each year, there's a set percentage on how much you have to draw out for if you've got a pension. You have to meet that minimum drawing each year or otherwise the fund isn't in pension anymore. So when you're in pension, it turns off the 15% tax on that balance. So the government's come out um, because of what's happened with the share market going down and that for retirees and things like that. They've said that we can withdraw 50% less than what originally was the percentage. So uh, there's a lot of clients that will be really welcoming for because... Um, there is some clients that do need that money, but there's others out there that don't need that that full full um, pension withdrawal. So clients are unsure if they're how much they're drawn, just contact us and that's something we'll make sure. And we do check each year that we've met the minimum as well. And the reason behind that is just so that they're not forced to sell assets whilst they're low to meet pension requirements. Is that part of the reason? Yeah, it is. And um, look, when the GFC happened, they did this as well. Luckily, there's a lot more things out there the government have put out with which what's happened with what's going on at the moment. But yeah, with the GFC, they did do that. So because the share market and the market's just crashed and yeah, so you don't have to sell down and that sort of thing. So it will be very helpful. Part of that early access to superannuation, two lots of 10,000 that we were talking about earlier... I have heard uh, or questions asked around, well, maybe I'll take it out and then put it back in as a contribution. Yeah, what, so... What, what, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, no. 
<laughs> so if you want to have a look on the ATO website, they've got a little graph on there about it, a picture of a little um, don't be silly Max or something it is. Right. It's quite right. funny. We find it quite amusing anyway. It's a yeah. little picture. You, you, if you Max read that, you'll get, you'll get the idea that, yeah, <laughs> they don't want you doing that. <laughs> Most Maxes are dodgy, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, look. Oh, that, that's going to come out in the auditing process, you would think, <laughs> something like that happened or is that what you're saying? Oh. It'll it'll get found out one way oh, or the other. Well, it w- yeah, it, it, it could do. Um, but yeah, but the tax office, I think, will be looking at the. Pe- they'll know the people have taken their money out, mm. so they're easily going to, f- to go. Well, oh, we can have a look to see if these people what contributions they've made in that year as well. Um, and look, anyone that's sort of got a self managed super fund will understand it's there's no handshakes and cash flying around anywhere. That's just mm. not what the super fund self managed super fund is. It's all done very very by the book. Mm. Um, Everything's got to be done with paperwork and with everything, you know, in place. Otherwise, it's just, you know, you shouldn't do it, basically. Yeah. So yes. yeah. yeah, look, it's very compliance-driven, which it's got to be, because I think there was a period of time there where people probably took advantage of having access to that money because it was probably sitting in a bank account like their personal bank account or their business bank account. So the money was easily accessed. So, But I guess it was probably forced upon us to do things with a lot more compliance around it for that reason because there's always a few bad apples in the bunch, I suppose, that create all these problems. But the majority of people do uh, you know, do do the right thing and use the superannuation fund for what it should be used for. Um, now, Catherine's actually written a very interesting article which goes through some of the detail we're talking about here today. It's um, up on the news page of mulkay.com.au. So, Jump onto the news page. It's also um, being published this Saturday in the Sunraiser Daily, which is our local paper at our Mildura office. Um, we've got accounting, financial planning and, and loans and finance up in Mildura at the office up there in Lyme Avenue in Mildura. So, yeah, uh, anyone up that way, check out the Sunraiser Daily and you'll see uh, Catherine's article titled The ATO Assistance for SMSFs Through COVID-19. Was there anything in that article that you wanted to touch on, Catherine? that's um, in particular sort of for the podcast audience? Well, mainly we um, were just pointing out in regard to, you know, there was a rent um, reduction that you're going to um, to do or um, also in regard to loan repayments in regard to the self-managed super funds, so which is in regard to LRBAs, that's, that's a loan that you've got on a property. Now, you can either... You can have, that could be via through your bank or also a related party loan. So um, they're allowed in the self-managed super fund as well. There is safe harbour rules around all that. But the they have come out and said that you can also, because you're dealing with the same people with the related party LRBA, you can still do a reduction if you need, if you meet the criteria. Um, but they're saying just make sure it's at commercial rates. It's something that the banks are doing similar to that so that it's at arm's length. Yeah, so there's a bit more detail around that in all that article in around. Yeah, well. yeah. There seems to be a lot of acronyms in self-managed super funds. We've got SMSFs and LRBAs <laughs> and, uh, and then we throw in COVID-19 in there as well. That's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there seems to be a lot of ATO. Yeah. seems to be a lot of uh, – but, look, I suppose it's um, – for those of uh, the audience who are in a self-managed super fund, a lot of that will make sense. Um, and, look, if, if they're interested in a self-managed super fund, I suppose the idea is to come and speak to Catherine and the team here so that we can um, think about whether – go through some initial sort of um, – conversations to see whether it's an appropriate thing for you to think about. Uh, Catherine, probably a bit off topic for today, but we're not having a federal budget 
this year in May, which normally there's a lot of superannuation uh, legislation or changes introduced. I think it's been pushed back to October this year at yes. this stage. So uh, probably something that was talked about, I think, last budget was potentially increasing the number of members a self-managed super fund can't have. At the moment, they can have a maximum of four members. Has there been any further talk on that? Yeah. No, so because there has been you know, a fair bit going on, they've put all um, that on hold at the moment. Um, yes, so they did talk about bringing in six members. Um, yeah, so whether... And, until it gets passed through Parliament, of course, these things, these changes don't actually don't happen. Um, and so they also talked about doing a three-year audit cycle as well, just because they think these things might be good. A lot of people, the three-year audit cycle for for auditors and also for us in tax as well. Um, we don't really think it's a good thing um, because things can get away. You know, sovereign fund sometimes, and if if an auditor look at every three years, how are they going to you know go back and fix things, and and it just opens up just a can of worms as well. So they were saying, you know, audits costing more money for trustees to pay for within a sovereign fund, but really, if there's if they're going three years and only looking at it once, the auditors will have to charge more to do the audit for starters, and not only that, there could be worse things like the ATO, you know penalties and things like that if things are wrong um, and that they've got to get fixed and things like that. So I don't think that three-year audit cycle will go, go through, but who knows? Yeah, look, it didn't yeah. really seem to make a lot of sense and I don't think it got a lot of support, but mm. having said that, someone came up with the idea. So right. you think someone thinks it's a good idea, but mm. yeah, hopefully that doesn't get through because I think that just upsets the whole process. When you're doing it on an annual basis, everything's up to date, everything's balanced off. At the same time as when you're doing the tax, so it just makes sense to keep doing that. Mm. Yeah, that's correct. Um, so yeah, interesting comment there. That there's no federal budget for another six months. Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, so. Well, look, you can understand. Yeah, that's right. And it'd be <laughs> yeah. pretty pointless to be making any bigger announcements that they already have. And I guess they want to get to that time frame and probably have a bit more of an understanding of how much money they've spent, what benefit it's been, where we're at in terms of the coronavirus itself look obviously the last week's been i would say positive um you know there are they are talking about lifting a lot of of the restrictions so we just have to sort of wait and see how it plays out over the next few weeks but it does seem like that people are probably getting or trying to get back into a bit of a normal routine of life once they can and school you know the schools have got a bit of pressure on them now to probably uh, look at reopening it depends on what each state does i, th I think wa is back into it full time now yeah, there's certainly some states that have taken the the idea that you know we've 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 flattened the curve and we've got the kids back to school. I think the other thing too is this: those other businesses we've spoken a lot about, say hospitality, tourism, but there's other businesses like hairdressers and tattoo guys and whatever. They're all they're all shut. So, or a lot of them are shut. So, if the restrictions go from stage three back to stage two, a lot of those can just get back open again. If we go into key takeaways from today, what would you say they are, Chris, so far? I think it's a common theme with all these uh, discussions we've been having, but cash flow, like, and cash flow within a self-managed super fund, making sure that there's the liquidity to, you know, keep paying for whatever needs to be paid for, whether it's insurances, whether it's pensions, um, whether it's just the cost of running the fund, I suppose. So, with a reduction in values of some of the assets, you don't want to be selling those assets now. So, it's just making sure that that liquidity is there, and that may help with that decision making around whether you 
if you are eligible for the early access of super, whether you do take it out or not, just based on the liquidity that you need. The other one was, generally speaking, superannuation just for all people, because you do come across a lot of people still that don't know what their super's up to. Like they got, you ask them a question, where's your super, how much have you got? Multiple They've got no idea. Yeah. Um, I and think it's just that, jobs that, that general statement to take this as an opportunity to understand where your super is, how much you've got, where it's invested, because if it's in a growth type portfolio, it will have been probably impacted by the recent reduction in the share price particularly. Just get a, yeah, use, use this as the excuse to get a real clear understanding of what your financial position is. Um, and superannuation plays a big part in that and it will play a big part of your in, in your retirement within the future. So I think that's probably a key takeaway. And probably the final one, Gav, would be, you know, there's a lot of change with the coronavirus, uh, particularly where self-managed super funds have property and there may have been a rent reduction. They may have spoken to the bank if they've got a loan to have the payments stopped for a period of time. There's got to be paperwork around that. There's got to be minutes. There's got to be meetings. Even in, if the super fund and the tenant are the same people, uh, they've still got to have had that meeting, just back up every decision that's been made with those uh, minutes and so that the auditor or all of those compliance requirements are dealt with correctly. And I suppose if anyone's, you know, if you're just concerned with that, um, certainly Catherine's team can help with any of that advice um, or or chat to your financial planner or, or for any of those sort of, um, you know, questions that pop up out of a conversation like this just to make sure that you consult professionals. All right, Chris, we're um, finishing each podcast at the moment with preparing for our the recession we had to have that we're going to we're probably going to have so how do you prepare yourself um so if we go through um uh i'll let you go through it chris our tips so far for the first four episodes and then we've got we've got tip number five coming up yep that's right gav so we're up to tip number four we're up to tip four sorry yep tip four so i guess the first tip was getting finances in order now so that was talking to neil around the lending and finance side of things number two was investing in client or customer relationships just Making sure, I think you touched on that, Gav, just making sure that you're really looking after your existing clients or customers, using marketing, using social media, et cetera, to you know, keep in communication with your clients as opposed to rushing out there trying to win new customers. Tip three was getting fit physically, mentally uh, and business fit, like getting ready for what we assume is going to be a bit of a rocky road ahead. So just taking the time now, particularly I think we touched on that in, with this JobKeeper program, there may be paying employees that aren't actually working, meaning that you know, the business is closed down but they're still deemed to be an employee getting paid via the JobKeeper program. So I guess we, I think we touched on you know, making sure we use that time um, productively. So whether it's getting those people to do jobs they may not have already done, such as you know, reviewing websites any marketing Customer type. database, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, just all yep. that type of thing. So doing that. Make good use of those stuff, even though your doors might be shut. Yeah, and then tip four, which I think we always try and link these back to our main topic, but it, it is just getting back to reviewing that superannuation and typically that insurance, that personal insurance, such as life and TPD insurance, that is linked to the superannuation policy, just making sure that that's adequate. And as we just we're talking about with Catherine, just making sure that you understand where your superannuation is, how it's invested, um, because it does make a massive difference to the end figure if you get it set up properly from day one. So taking the time out now to get all that under control. 
And look, if, if you you know you're probably someone like me that you know, I'm not I'm not in the financial game um, here. I'm more in creative industries in marketing. So for someone that's not in finance, it just it can get away from you, I suppose. So you've really got to get super fit. I'm, I'm going I'm to call it get super fit. Last week we were getting business fit and physical fit. We're going to get super fit. Think about our super. Make sure it's in a good uh, good condition. Um, that trauma PD uh, permanent disability insurance and um, you know, there's even other options with that that Thane and the guys at Financial Planning can assist with, things like income protection, things like child insurance out, you know, so if one of your children happens to get sick and one of you needs to stay home from work. So there's lots of different insurances. Some of them may or may not be in super, but there's all those things to think about when you're thinking about your financial security. So so tip four for episode number five from Chris is review your superannuation and your insurances associated. So Good tip. Yep, that's no, a big one and obviously fits well into our FS360 model. It covers often a lot of things. At the end of the day, we're trying to get our clients to be financially secure and superannuation plays a big part in that and as we touched on during the episode, using the tax benefits associated with superannuation to create wealth as well as then, you know, with the insurances where we touched on too with life and TPD, total and permanent disability, um, I guess that forms part of your asset protection and, and your financial security, making sure that they're in order, they're adequate because everyone's got different requirements at different stages of life and I think Thane might have touched on it briefly when we had a chat to him. It's just important to review it, make sure you not haven't got too much, haven't got, any, got enough more importantly, but, yeah, just making sure it's relevant to your circumstances. And those circumstances change for everyone, don't they? So one... You might, you might think, oh, well, it's been 10 years since I've actually looked at my insurance cover in my super fund. So, you know, ten, a lot can happen in 10 years. That's right. Well, thanks, Catherine. Thank you. A big thank you to Catherine for coming in um, and uh, giving us all that information about self-managed super funds and how they've been affected by what's happening at the moment. So it was a great discussion. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, Gavin, Chris. This I can cross it off the bucket list. No, yes. look, hopefully you'll stop hassling us about it now, Catherine, that you've, yes. you've had your go now, like yes. you've got to wait, wait at least one more month. I probably should <laughs> let everybody know that I wasn't hassling anybody no. <laughs> about no, we coming on. We might have but, made a bit know, of that up Chris, last week. Chris um, <laughs> made the uh, small detail he forgot about was to ask women to come and talk on a podcast. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we needed to even it up. We just had a whole lot of blokes on, so that's no good. What we I'm, can't do that. Yeah. We've got... We've got uh, just, we can talk a lot. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> Extended out a little bit. Exactly. We've... Uh, I don't know what we'd have here. Maybe 50-50, I suppose. Yeah, I don't yeah, think it probably is. About, yeah. It's not, yeah. certainly not yeah. a male-dominated workplace, that's no. for sure. Thanks, everybody. That's a wrap for this week. So episode number five, all done. Uh, make sure you're super fit. That's the main message out of the, today's Fun podcast. Gaff. And um, be well, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Gav. Thanks, Catherine.